How are we doing all? And welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week we're on our way to work with vocation. Simo, let's jump into the hot topic. What have you got for us? So I think I've got a fantastically, interestingly, yet sad piece of news for you. Um, and that is for a huge company that is Molson Coors. Now, they are the second largest brewer in the US of A. Holler. And um, I would just like to... <laughs> Sorry, I don't Why know. are you putting in those extra words? Who are you hollering at? The US of A, of course. And they need a holler, do they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, anyway. So, they were forced to halt its beer production due to a cybersecurity incident, is the word they're using. Now... Just to make this clear, this has stopped brewing operations, productions, and shipments, um, and it has caused an entire systems outage. This uh, and all they've done so far, and been they, they've apologised for the situation, and they've said that they have engaged a leading forensic IT firm to try and solve the issue. Basically, something outside of Molson, this brewery, Molson causes like control has affected them in the way that they cannot make the beer and that yet they feel they need to apologize for the fact that they can't make the beer yes i mean that's just that i mean i hey hats off to them this is something that's happening outside their control i mean i guess the fact remains of like well were their security or their cyber security not taken seriously enough to kind of protect themselves against this maybe there's an internal inquiry maybe we'll find out a bit more information about it in the future but I think this highlights the very seriousness of, of cybersecurity crime and cybercrime and you know the rise of cybersecurity technology firms and the fact that this is a huge industry because there's a real need for them. Probably not great, but whenever I hear like cyber attack or something like that, my head just goes to the matrix and being downloaded and then all of that green screen and then there's somebody sitting in a dark room just going and the green screen's coming down like this and they're like ha 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 sipping like a Red Bull sort of thing. And like, I've just brought down Mawson Cools! Ha 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 ha! Sort of thing. And then some more kind of like tapping away. So you're definitely thinking like like the operators of The Matrix, even though the film, not the like the Matrix, like people doing kickflips and stuff and like kicking each other oh, in, no, like doing no, flips no. and stuff. You know, you're thinking definitely like the computer-based Matrix. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I always find it, um, <laughs> talking back about the actual situation, I do think it's quite um, scary that a company that big has been completely shut down and has com- it's completely messed everything. And if you think about how it's the second biggest company that uh, brews alcohol in the US of A, that is absolutely crazy that they are now going, yeah, we can't brew, we can't produ- do any of our production or any of our shipments because of this situation. That's really scary, really. It does, and it's also because it highlights the fact that they are very reliant on technology in order to do their operations. Mm. You know, whether that's from fulfilling orders, you know, people's information, you know, the Security Information Act, whether that's just actually the production itself and the temperature gauges of the fermentation tanks, you know, everything, you know, all the, 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 the scaling of, you know, knowing of when to kind of beer deliveries are going to be meant to be done. It, it affects everything technology nowadays. So the fact that a company of that scale, as you've said, Simo, has been open and, and has received this cybersecurity attack and threat, that they've actually halt, halted all production. That's huge. That's a really, really big deal. I think a lot of people as well, I guess, would worry about, like, you know, information that you can get and that the, like, it's like personal information. That's always the big thing, isn't it? Like, when you hear about these cyber attacks, it's about the personal information that get, can get kind of released. And that is also the quite scary. Like, um, just seeing 
about the CEO, he's made a, a like a very how did you say it like business kind of statement? Um, it's very kind of was it corporate? Is that the right word? Um, and he's just talking about the fact that they need to be really careful about how they react, um, and they need to really um, and they keep talking about ransomware. Um, and I don't know what ransomware is. Does anybody know? Yeah, ransomware is is mal- malicious software or hardware that that infiltrates. That's basically the starting point for yeah. most cybersecurity attacks. So it kind of basically gets its. You know, we think maybe back to the um, you know the nineties or the noughties where you had uh, the Trojan horse. And if you ever heard of this yeah. bug, where it basically got into computer systems and it and just manip- it was like it seemed like a very small file, and then it got in. And once it got into a computer system, it then extrapolated and multiplied itself to the fact that it was so exponentially. Large that it crashed computer systems um so you know that and that's just one of like i don't know millions of different types of ransomware or kind of cyber security threats and cyber security is a very like generic term for a lot of different uh you know attacks and uh, that can happen like you know you can have cyber security threats that come through personnel so people guessing your password is classed as a cyber security threat yeah but also people taking your identity is also a cybersecurity threat. People infiltrating your business and then stealing data from your hard drives, your servers, is a cybersecurity threat. So it's a very broad and generic term. So it's interesting, I guess, to find out a bit more about how this brewery was affected by a cybersecurity threat. I think I think I need to improve my knowledge on cybersecurity because, as earlier, all my knowledge comes from movies, and they seem to do it really, really easily, sort of thing. And they're all really good looking. Keanu Reeves, what a lad! Oh, great looking guy. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something I need to improve improve my knowledge on, um, and definitely definitely improve probably my cybersecurity out there. Well, I mean, talking about IT and security, I suppose maybe not security attacks per se, but we are talking about Vocation. So Vocation is a brewery come, hailing from Yorkshire here in the UK. I'm just enjoying the the, the transition we took, <laughs> and the transition I took. I'll link it back to the IT right now. So the founder of Vocation is a guy named called John Hinkling. Nice. Who worked in IT for a bank. Well done. Congratulate. No, as in everyone needs to pause for at least two seconds and go, what a guy, what a guy. John had been working a very corporate job, working for an, in IT in a bank, you know, the most corporatist of IT jobs that you can ever do. And then... He just figured out that he wanted to do something different, which happens for a lot of it. You know, actually, quite a few companies have been set up by ex-financial, you know, industry professionals. Uh, you know, they have a bank of, uh, you know, a bank of money, and then they want to do something different with it. And John decided that he wanted to build a brewery with it, and so that's what he started out. So he built this tiny brewery in his kitchen, uh, where he definitely st- he started out using plastic buckets. Uh, you know, and you know, kind of this real starting point so although he worked in like for a bank he was definitely on the it side of things rather than like any sort of these kind of trader situations but he finally was able to get to a point uh, where he was able to quit his job sell his home and co-found the brewery in 2008 so this guy put everything into starting this brewery you know he literally wrapped up his whole life sold it off and was like this is it i'm all in Let's start this. And I guess that's why the kind of the name, the vocation came from it. It was became more than just a job, a pastime. It became a vocation. This is who you are. This is who you are, John. And what I really like, as you said, his first brewery was in 2008. And what I really like is the fact that he, he was working for that company for about five years. 
and then he realised that it was as far as it could go. And he actually sold that brewery in order to make the Vocation Brewery in 2015. And what I really like is the homage he does um, to the, the established time with, rather than saying 2015 on the can, it's MMXV, which is the Roman numerals of 2015 on the can itself. And it's just, as you said, the fact that he is, he's obviously a very driven person who knew what he wanted, realised that he had a great, he had a job where he got lots of money, but no satisfaction. And he wanted to do a vocation that really inspired him. And as you said, he created his first brewery, sold that on and then made something, well, which we'll find out if it's incredible or not through the taste. It's it's such a bold move as well, which I think would respond or like res not respond resonate with so 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 many people, and I think that possibly makes the brand even more appealing. Even from hearing the story now from you guys, it makes me respect the the company even more. Sort of thing that he's gone out there and he's gone. You know what? This is what I want to do, and I'm going to put it all on the line. And you hear so many people doing that and gaining so much success and just being happier. And I think that's what a lot of people do dream of. They do dream of going. You know what? I want to do this dream. I want to do that, which which makes me which which makes the company much more appealing to me in my eyes. That he has set he set a goal and he's gone out and he's gone and done it. I think you've hit a nail on the head there, Rich. Like we talk about, obviously we've talked about a lot of the, some of the the biggest breweries in the world. You know these companies that have been around for however many years. They've all these many people that work for them, and yet we still go back to these companies that are very aspirational you know you could aspire to be one of these kind of companies and you know i think that's so fascinating and that you can if you wanted to set yourself up you can become the, the barrier to entry for becoming a brewer becoming a be an entrepreneur and starting your own business is quite low there's a lot of tools out there there's a lot of capital investment out there to help brewers become it the biggest problem that's always going to run up in it is how do you sell your beer how do you make profit off this thing and as we know the beer industry in the you know in, in the world is on a decline you know it you know the less people are buying beer overall year on year than the year before just because there are more barriers to you know there are other opportunities there are other drinks there are other drinking occasions there are other things that are you know we've talked before about hard seltzer being one of the many things out there that people are choosing to turn to instead of beer um, it kind of instantly makes me think of and i literally thought of joe because he lived in america like the american dream the idea that you can go from nothing to something based off your own kind of like uh, your own like want or like need. Like he's gone, right, I want to do something that's exciting that I love. And he's just gone for it and he's taken the risk, which so many people are actually afraid of. Now, and, and I think a lot of people are always afraid to take that big, scary risk of doing something completely out there because from IT to beer, it's absolutely crazy. And that, I, it's just a great story. And I think it's, it's especially prevalent in the brewing industry because there's so many, we've talked about many brewers already who've started from their basements, started from their mum's garages, stuff like that. And they've started from nothing. And just with hard work and determination, they've created, was it Northern Monk? I think especially was one where they've, they've yeah. excelled so quickly sort of thing because they, they, they had a good product and they worked hard towards it. So I would say you've touched on the product there and I'm drinking their uh, Monomania 431, which is a uh, pale ale, 5.7%. Um, and it's got uh, the, the, the graphic on the, on the picture. So it's a, basically an aluminium can that's got a label stuck on it. 
So it's not integrated into the can itself. It's not like direct printed onto the can. Um, so what they've been able to do with this direct printed label is do a very, it's a photo, basically. It's a really nice artistic photo style of what it basically is a hop. Well, it is a hop. That's what they photoed. Okay, um, cool. Yeah, and it's yeah, a, like yeah. a blown up hop. And I've never seen a hop in this way before. Like hops are talked about and it, obviously it's, it's integral to the beer industry, but no one heroes the hop. And vocation for this specific beer is heroing the hop front and center. It is the main centerpiece of their beer design for this 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 beer. Joe, what's the taste like though? It's hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like it? Is it worth a is it this worth a punch? Is a very, very tasty pale ale. Excellent. Um I cannot do any wrong with this. I mean, it's it's a classic and it's a pale. It's a you know, it's got an ale sense to it. It's they call it like it's an ex- experimental hop variety, which is why it's not part of their core range. It's more kind of like a you know an out there kind of like seasonal range. Um, and I think you kind of get that. And it's not it's different to most pale ales that you'll get out there, where most pale ales are very smooth. Uh, you know, you'll have that kind of citrusy taste and, and like kind of like bit, the, the kind of the smooth bitterness notes that you get with with pale ales. But this one has a bit more of a kick to it. Not in the, I mean, the percentage is five point six percent, so it has a kick in the ABV. But the flavour profile has more of a kick to it. Um, so I'm uh, perusing and boozing the pure pilsner, which the style is very different to yours, Joe. It's still the same kind of sticker on the can um, idea. But it's very, in essence, pure. Like it's like simplistic artwork with like it's white, and it looks like someone's taken a paintbrush with green and baby blue across it. Now it says it's a pure pilsner, and on the back talks about it being subtle. Now I'd say I would feel it's. This is going to say I don't. It's, this isn't a bad way, but it almost tastes like a weakened normal pilsner to me. Like it does feel very kind of weak in its flavour, but it almost it like so subtle is probably the better word to use. But it's not as tasty as I thought it would be. Um, it's still a very nice, easy drinking, and I think it could be a very dangerous a, a, a drink because it does taste. It actually tastes slightly watered down um, in terms of that it's such a subtle flavour. Uh, it's four point five, so it's not nothing to scoff at. Um, but that was the it's a it's it's a deep it's a decent but i wouldn't say it's as powerfully as intriguing as what you've just drunk joe drag what are you having so i so so i've already finished i i I got two vocation cans and i've already finished the one which was the vocation three flow which was the extra special bitter which it just tasted like a bitter sort of thing in all honesty It, it was nice it was fine but it wasn't anything that that was going to blow my mind, but but what but what I'm really excited for is the Vocation Double Sherbet Sour IPA that that I've purchased off their website. Hang on, did you just say a double sherbet? <laughs> double sherbet sour IPA. Um, the reason I got this was so I was on their website perusing what beers I wanted to buy and try, um, and this just caught my eye with the name. The cans are big old bright yellow cans sort of thing. Um, which looks like it's got lemons on it, like slightly faded out lemons. And I was like, wow, I really want to try that. Not my greatest shout, because I'm mildly allergic to lemon. Like, only like a little bit. <laughs> so like, I drink Jesus. it and like, my tongue swells up. And not like massively that I'm going to choke. It's just like, gets a bit irritated and stuff. But, and then, <laughs> Do we need to call someone, Joe? 
Can I, can I just make sure that you've got your emergency yeah. contacts yeah. on your phone updated? Because we are doing this remotely right now, so there's not like a physical thing that we can go and help you if your tongue does swell no. up and you can't breathe. 100, don't worry. And for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to try it sort of thing. I'm going to drink it and I'm going to... The trouble is, I really like lemon. And um, <laughs> what a burden my life is. So I'm gonna so I'm gonna I'm gonna taste it live on air for you or not live on air recorded on air. But I, while 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 you're while you're tasting that, I'm gonna just talk a little bit about like vocations design in, in as a whole. Oh, <laughs> unlucky Joe. And we tune back into Rich, who's just tried a double sherbet IPA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, have you guys ever tried those toxic waste sweets you would get? Yes. The super sour, like, they blow your head off stop sweets, yeah. Yes, I loved them. So, so Joe, Joe, could, could you describe my face that I pulled when I tried that for the first time? You screwed your entire face up. Um, you know, your eyes popped quite literally out of oh. your head as well. Um, you He's know. so funny looking. <laughs> I mean, that was before you even tried the beer. <laughs> Good You one. know what? It's sour. It's... <laughs> Are, are you are you good with your your tasting? You've you've, you've given the vi- listeners quite a lot yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I, I actually am. I'm getting slightly worried. Oh, but he He's fine. Just just <laughs> why don't you just subtly and like in the background like drink this beer and and let your tongue just just have your tongue swell up, but don't don't disturb us for a second. So we're talking about. I mean, the fact that you're rubbing your chest is not a good sign. It tastes real. The trouble is, it tastes really nice. And it's like, I'm a big fan of the sour and like it tastes like sherbet sort of thing. And it's just a lot. Like you couldn't have like a half pint of this would be fine. So I think it's not something you're not going to session it. You're not going to. And it's 7%. I forgot to say that. It's 7%. So I bet you're really happy that you've got a 440 mil can version of this as well. Then. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Okay, Joe, 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 go, 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 before he talks again. Talk about the brand. Okay, so the brand vocation is all focused around the word, the brand mark, which is the vocation text. So it's the name vocation. They have, uh, looks like to be a V in an I shape. So it looks like an I with a V in the middle of it. Established, as Simo said, MMXV, which is... 2015. But apart from that, there is no consistency across the beers. Every single beer has a unique graphic design and visual look and feel to it. That is the only thing that I've said. The, 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 the word mark of vocation, the little, the IV thing and the established 2015, 2015 in the MMXV thing. So everything else is so going, I would highly recommend anyone to go and look at their Instagram, go and look at their website because each one of their beers has such a unique and different look and feel to them. Um, talking about a different unique and feel. <coughs> Moving from the pure Pilsner to the um, Hop, Skip and Juice. Now, the Hop, Skip and Juice literally has the most childish, um, cartoony thing you can possibly have on it. It's got kids literally hop, skipping and jump like legs of the kids, hop, skipping and jumping, polka dot shorts, like ridiculously bright orange, yellow, green, like bright green colours all over it. It's a hazy pale ale and the flavour is intense. It's smooth at the same time. It's it tastes like. Do you know when like um, I, uh, it's like tropical juice? It reminds me of the tropical juice you can get at Tesco whilst being in an alcoholic beverage. And it's five point seven percent. 
And I would definitely say you need to try and get this in your belly. But going back to, I guess, the brand itself, the brand shows amazing flexibility with how it can live and breathe because it can go from that, what you've just described, Simo, that, that very silly, you know, hop, skip and jump, you know, kind of playful, you know, setting to I'm looking on the website to a 10.9% Imperial Russian Stout vocation. So this is a collaboration with a Kirkensall brewery in Russia and it looks completely different it's all dark it's very serious looking it's got some ornate like kind of like just like r almost regal looking kind of emblem on it which must be the kirkenstall um logo but it it can play in this camp you know it can play like by by vocation not taking a stand by their graphic design to say this is what vocation has to always look like they can play in this kind of like very like gray flexible yeah. and nature like it's a gray area you know they can do quite literally anything so long as you have the vocation word mark the uh the, the vocation little stamp of the eye and the established uh 2015 on it you can do anything with it i just i can't i i, I love the fact that they're almost by as in what you've said joe the fact that they've got that only those little things on the can they're almost allowing themselves to be accessible to everyone and they're instantly making it so it's like, oh, you want a serious looking beer? You go have this one. You want a like a funky, fun, silly thing? You go take that. You want a standard beer? You go get the pure pills. And they're like they're really like playing to everyone's audience, and I think it's really intelligent. Is it marketing? Is that the right word? Um, yeah. yeah, intelligent marketing. Um, because I mean, I've enjoyed both of their beverages. And they both looked very different and they probably appealed to different types of people. Like Drabwell's picked up an insanely crazy lemony drink, which would appeal to people who like to try those unique, crazy ideas. And Joe, you've got that hop one that probably appeals to people who are quite, um, I don't know, like serious about like the understanding of what that hop is, like what alcohol is all about. And the fact they've delved deep into it, almost like an investigation. Vocation Brewery on Instagram have 39.1k followers and on Twitter they have uh, 12k followers. So, you know, this is a company that's been, you know, pretty pushing in the, you know, I mean, they've, they've been making headlines by the fact that they have such a wide variety of different beers and, and vocations, quite literally. They're only, they're only six years old, aren't they? Because it's 2015, they're only six years old and they've got that many people, that's really good. Yeah, I, 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 this is a great kind of company to be following and I'm, I'm excited to see what else they can put out there because all of us have enjoyed the beers that we've had from the very different beers that we've had and I think that hits the nail on the head. There are some very different beers out there. You know, you can get these from your beer subscriptions, you can get these from the local supermarkets, you can get these from, uh, you know, direct-to-consumer, direct from them as well. So they're pushing themselves out there and there's a wide variety of different beers out there. Um, so I would say vocation, we're enjoying what we're seeing for vocation. Vocation have the opportunity, which is very unusual for a beer brand, of becoming potentially a lifestyle brand. But I could see this vocation word mark on T-shirts, on things that, and it not feel like it's a brewery, mm, yeah. but it feels like it's a way of being. And I think that's a really that's an aspirational place for most breweries or most brands, I should say. I wouldn't even take the word brewery out of that. Most brands want to become a, a lifestyle brand. So the fact that Vocation could very quickly and very easily become a lifestyle brand, in my mind, is fascinating. And that's because they they built in the flexibility and destroyed the usual, uh, you know, 
design and category cues for the beer market, I think is, is fascinating. And here are some of our best outtakes. Some of the bits that you didn't make it in. That's what she said. What job do you do? Vocation. Are you searching for a new job at the moment? Why don't you sit back and crack a vocation? <laughs> if you're looking for a new job at the moment, why don't you think about this vocation? Are you looking for a new job at the moment? Why don't you think about that new vocation with a vocation? Beer. How are we doing all? And welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week, we're on our way to work with vocation. Done, done, we got it. And we tuned back into Rich, who's just tried a double sherbet IPA. And that's all we have time for from this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, and Simo, goodbye. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. Always drink responsibly. And if you or anyone else needs some help, go to drinkaware.co.uk for more information. Thank you.